Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We will chat about everything from the ceilings to the floors and everything in between. Any questions you might have can be emailed to me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And this podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting. Well, today is April 8th, and we have a special guest. Now, I've known Richard Wilkinson for a while now, but never got him to sit still so that I can talk to him and ask him a million questions. He's the owner of Made Resource Group. Hi, Richard. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me, Nancy. How are you? I'm fine. And uh, first thing I want to ask is, so that everybody knows, what is Made Resource Group? Can you describe that to us? Yeah, so MADE is uh, an idea I've had for, for quite some time. Um, I started out about 15 years ago. I grew up in North Carolina, and I was working for uh, some furniture companies in the upholstery uh, department and then got into sales and started coming out and uh, selling to retailers and furniture stores and then really focusing afterwards on the interior design community. And 13 years being in Arizona – um, we have really wonderful resources, great showrooms, and, and great brands that are represented here. But there were a lot of smaller boutique makers that really weren't represented. So the concept of MADE is to kind of bring forth and give visibility to these small makers to the design community. Okay, so you're the one I want to talk to about our subject today, which is if anybody's interested in redecorating their house. I want you to explain what you've seen out there in the marketplace, what's in and what's out. Now, I have to preface this, people, by saying if you like something and we say it's out, you don't have to get rid of it just because we said that because it's still your house. It's your personality in your house. We're just kind of going gonna to give you an overview about what we've seen out in the market, right? Yeah. If it's out, don't throw it out. Just don't put it back in. Yeah, stick it in the garage until, yeah, until it comes back around again. <laughs> or give it to your kids, and then when you want to take it back, what are they going to say? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the first thing that I want to ask you about is, well, we talked about this. We had a nice long conversation before we started recording, and we, we brought up the word sustainable. Now, Richard, tell them what you think about sustainable. You know, sustainability is important, but... Um, like any word that's sort of a buzzword, you have to really ask, what, what is the definition of that? And, it, and it's fluid. It changes in every situation. But um, it's very easy to sort of have, have that overhyped, right? So sustainability. An overused word. We an know o- that. An overused word, right? It's, it's very fun to say that I am sustainable. But, but what does that you mean? You probably are. Wow. It's, it's early. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, home decor and home goods are concerned, um, we talked about things sort of being timeless, right, mm-hmm. and not being throwaway. So is it so, – is to be sustainable, is, it, is this something that um, is going to, to stick around for a while? Is it something that is going to have form and function for you? Um, is it something that is not going to be in today and out tomorrow? Now, that's a good point. I see a lot of advertisement on, say, fabric. Oh, this is sustainable fabric. We made it ourselves out of jute, or we used rice paper for this wallpaper, or whatever. That's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about timeless. Right. Right? So we can say that there's a lot of stuff that's timeless. So if you go to redecorate your house, you don't have to necessarily throw everything out and start over. 
um, what you save and reuse, that's called sustainable. Right. Things can be green and environmentally friendly. Right. And that's fantastic, but they're not environmentally friendly when they're in the garbage. Okay. Right. So I'm reading a lot about clutter and how it's out to be a hoarder, actually, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. But I know I've walked into some rooms where they've mixed many, many patterns and they've got more tchotchkes and more pictures and more little pieces of furniture in or out. Clutter out, eclectic in, you know, most definitely um, where when you look at eclectic again, what is it, What is the meaning of that word? Um, having something curated, you know, having something that is is very personal to you and very individualistic with your design, um, whether you're doing that on your own, whether you're doing it with professional. Um, eclectic is definitely in. Uh, clutter is definitely out. You know, too much of anything is a bad thing. Oh, I agree. So, in other words, if you have an antique piece from your great-grandmother and you want to keep it, but you're more of a transitional or a contemporary person, you can work that into the room that's being called a little eclectic, 100%. but not don't get rid of it. Um, and so it's okay. It's okay to mix different uh, generations of furniture as long as you do it with taste and you don't overdo. I think that's a good word. Don't overdo. Don't overdo it, um, and if, especially if it's a personal um, collection or a personal selection that you've made, keep it. It's, it's, it's definitely something that, that you should hold on to. So we're saying eclectic uh, clutter is out. But personalized clutter is in something that personal, you know, definitely design curation is in. Okay. That's the fancy word for it's okay to keep some of that clutter in your house. Um, Okay. So now we have, as you told me, uh, feminine tones. Maybe we should call that uh, some other description. What would you say? Um, You know. Feminine tones, um, delicate tones, delicate How's tones, that? or we could say um, uh, muted or softer versus bold. Okay, so right. we're seeing a lot of dusty pink, which was in in about 1978. I remember that it was called Dusty Rose at that time, and blushes and the softer tones, and you can mix them with some taupes and uh, even some muddy grays. Yeah, and and with those tones too, um, you know, modern minimalism design has really been kind of on the front wave of what you see a lot of consumers buying and a lot of designers going to recently. And those tones and those colors do tend to lend very well to that type of look, um, which is definitely why they are an in uh, color palette. Um, But they also work very well in traditional settings as well when you want things to be a bit softer. So okay. they're, they're, they're very they're very um, user friendly. I'm going I'm going to get specific because you're into furniture. So when I think of dusty tones and maybe I think of bedrooms, I think of upholstered high headboards. Are they still in? I hate to use that word in, or are they out? Um, popular still, or not popular? Still, still very much in. Still very popular. Um, and and creating that that softer room environment with the wall color being those muted tones is, is still very much in. Oh, well, that's good to know. I like that look. So what about getting the coverlet and the um, the dust skirt or the, what do they call it, a bed skirt? Bed skirt. Those yeah. are out. Bed skirts Those are out. out. No more bed skirts. Okay. So what do you do when your coverlet doesn't reach the floor? Um, no, that's in because you're using, you know, also box springs are out. 
you're using platform beds now. Nobody uses a box spring anymore. Really? Yeah, the the in look. I like uh, my box uh, spring across the board. No, I mean it's, you know, uh, <laughs> it it serves a purpose, but no uh, platform beds with uh, what's called a bunky board, which is just a flat board below to give because even when you're talking about mattresses and and, and what we're sleeping on. Um, the standard mattresses out, you know, the, uh, the tough the needles of the world, they've come up with, uh, these new advanced foam mattresses and with those, you no longer need the box spring. So you see bed heights going down. Okay. So now this is, I got to tell you people about this. I did a whole complete house for somebody and he ended up actually renting it out by the oh, four to six weeks. So it was like a bed and breakfast or a timeshare. I'd go in there and I'd clean up everything, change the linens, redo stuff. And he had a platform bed that we had gotten, very expensive platform, but it was beautiful. And he rented his space to two elderly people. And the <laughs> poor man could not get out of bed without right. rolling on the floor. So I did specifically, I had to go out and buy it, a it, box it, spring and mattress for these people. It encourages morning, uh, what's the word, calisthenics, right? You just roll out on the floor. Yeah, but this 75-year-old man did not want to do that. So before you put your mattress on a platform, people, think about how agile you are. Right. Don't go throwing out your box spring yet. You can throw out the bed skirt, though. Okay. Hey, let's talk about acrylic furniture. Yeah, ac- acrylic is one of those things that... Um, it, it was in, it was out, it was in, it was out. It was in, and then it all fell apart, um, and then we didn't know what to do with it. But the material itself, um, acrylic, has, has made quite the um, transition uh, from that mid-century new, interesting material to something that is very strong, very durable, um, and comes in a lot of different colors now. So you see a lot of furniture makers, um, lighting designers, uh, coming back to it in, in very interesting ways. So if somebody wanted to throw in a piece of acrylic, would should they look at the chair or the table? Um, as far as the acrylic being part of either yeah. of those two pieces? Yeah. Too much of anything is a bad thing. Well, one or the other. Right, one or the other, yeah, because uh, thinking about just the fundamentals of the material, right, it's typically Mm see-through so typically yeah right again it's coming in colors smoked bronze and and just uh smoked grays but you if you're going to choose uh acrylic dining chairs make sure you've got a really beautiful table because you're going to see it right if you're going to choose an acrylic table have some really fun chairs because those become a big focal point one tosses the focus to the other but if you have acrylic on both pieces, the chair and the dining table, what are you? Sounds th- like Andy what, Warhol. Yeah, what are you then focusing on? Yes, you're right. Well, that sounds like a good tip for those people. Um, I don't know. I, I tend to think the chairs would be better because, say, a coffee table would end up with feet on it and a lot of. Well, if we're, and the idea of using acrylic would be making the room more spacious. So since the coffee table is lower, you'd probably get more bang for the buck by going with chairs, maybe? Well, let's, let's start with the dining room. Okay. Okay. So if you – even changing with different styles, let's say you're into um, the, the, the more trending uh, farmhouse look. Mm-hmm. And let's say you have that old barn wood type dining table. A couple of really interesting modern acrylic chairs around that to break that up 
and you, you know, you have sort of a white dining room. That's a really great contrast that works very well. Wow. So who would have modern. thought? Who would have thought uh, farm tables with acrylic chairs? Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, it's 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 beautiful. It works. And again, maybe it was your grandmother's farm farm table. You know, it's it's a way to pull those things together. Coffee tables. Um, yeah, if you're going to use acrylic for a coffee table, make sure you have a beautiful rug because, again, that becomes the focus. Oh, good idea. You, you don't know. want to just have it sitting there on a piece of uh, wood flooring. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe candle holders or stuff on top. Yeah, you, you have to make it special and, and inviting. More interesting. That's where their personality comes out. You can put your... Uh, your favorite things on display but on this table. You know, accessories for the home are like jewelry for the outfit. Yes, and that's another whole podcast because I love jewelry. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what's really in? Changing your um, old light fixtures to the LED bulbs. If you didn't change to LED by now, you have to because those old incandescent lights are casting a yellow um, tone to your rooms and you're not getting that that clean crisp color so i'm all for getting rid of those light fixtures that are old and out of date and calling premier lighting and getting somebody over to your house so that they can help you add more light more interesting brighter light to your rooms i think you'd like it better it would uh, revitalize your rooms uh, so you can do that before you actually go shopping for more new furniture so you can call uh, Premier Lighting by going on their website, shoppremier.com. They have the phone number right there. They're located in Scottsdale. And all those consultants would be very happy to come to your house and help you just give your house a new look. So go to shoppremier.com. And now back to Richard and what we should uh, take out of our house and what we should bring in. What do you think about mid-century modern? I think that um, it's a great look that, again, has become um, too trendy. And so it, it goes back to that moniker of moderation. If you try to make a, a mid-century home, it can, especially now that we're not in the – and, again, mid-century goes back to uh, – Mid-century. Well, the end of Art Deco, <laughs> yeah. really, in the 30s. Up to the seventies, it's not just the fifties. Oh, I thought it was the fifties. It didn't start in the started in the. It became like, popularized, 40s? you know, yeah. with 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 the designers like Eames and Saarinen and Noguchi and all these people, and even and they necessarily in their time weren't as um, idolized as they are now. Right. I mean, now you have there's a huge resale market for mid-century furniture these days. Um, there are resellers and there are merchants that are bringing in containers from Denmark you know, of, yeah. of these things. So I think the, the overpopularization of mid-century is out, but in the same way we were talking about, you know, the grandmother's chest of drawer armoire, it's good to have maybe a piece or two here if it, if it means something to you. Right. But it's a look that I don't think you should seek out. It can easily be overdone. Correct. Uh, too many people walk into their house and they want it to look like a madman. And nobody smokes anymore, so it's fine. <laughs> That's true. And also, I see people who like mid-century, they also like the clothes of that era. Yeah. So they're living in that time. Right. You know, get real people. It's uh, unless 
you know, unless you really want to live in that time and you sit there on your tray table and have TV dinners. Polyester curtains, great. Polyester yeah. suits, no. Melmac for the kitchenware, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. But so a little bit is good. Like we said, you can overdo something real quickly. Um, we're going to talk about color. I love white. They're saying white is in. But too much, again, of a good thing, you're going to feel like you're living in a cloud. So what do you suggest if somebody likes white? What should they do? If I mean, go with it. I mean, go with whatever you, th- you think feels good. But white is very in. It's something that people are seeing popularized through television shows, um, through social media. Um, it's- also in clothing. In, in clothing yes, as well, right? which is what we follow when we do interiors in- anyway. White as effectively um, an inclusion of all colors when you think about it right? Sure. versus black being an exclusion. Um, white is hard to do. It's very easy to take white wrong because if you're going with a, a full look that you might see on Pinterest where. Oh, know, let's talk about Pinterest in a minute. So yeah. continue with but what you, you know, were saying. Your walls are white, your ceilings white, your cabinet, your countertops, your furniture is white. They're, and typically, you're going to have a different whites. They're not all going to match. So you're going to have maybe have a good thing careful. of contrast. White can, white can go gray. White can go yellow. Yeah, definitely. And it's so new and so in. I, I honestly think that, you know, let's do a, a before and after of these white interiors. Let's do it when it's new, and let's do it after three months of having to clean up after it all. It's, but, you know, it's but white to a point could be your base color, but then you can throw in a lot of colors, Right, your favorite colors. would So that would be the background. And if you like shocking pink and turquoise and, and oranges and reds, throw it into your whites. White, Break up the white. White is an easy color when, when you don't have that, that feeling of assuredness in your stomach about what you want to do. It can be an easy palette. You know, an easy yeah. or an easy canvas for the palette that you can then create on top of it. Exactly. Without going full. The good thing about it. white, though, is whatever the color is. And this year, Pantone says it's ugly coral. Well, no, I just said it was ugly, but <laughs> coral is not my color, as everybody knows by now. But you can throw a little bit of coral into a white room, and then next year, when they say, "Okay, coral is out," now you can use uh, sky blue pink. Can do that if if you're into always yeah, changing do, colors. Do not put coral and pink together. No, no, no they have to throw out the coral. <laughs> yeah, you got to throw it out and then bring in the pink. Right. Okay. Um, you know, we talked before about oh, slightly about Pinterest, and what was the story that you had before about? Right. Well, Pinterest is is great, I think, for gaining inspiration, but it's not a rule book, right? Um, As is house, not a rule book. Correct. Or or anything in that matter. Uh, A design magazine, it doesn't matter what it is. These are... um, Ideas. Ideas and and avenues for people to express their ideas. But it's important for you to have your own idea. So, yeah, I I was having breakfast with a a colleague, and they were going through um, some solid surface selections for a bathroom. And the designer had pulled in some darker colored tiles and it looked, it looked great. I mean, as far as like the inspiration of it looked fantastic and she brought it to the homeowner and you know, she was very quick to say, well, are you sure this is good? Because I've never seen that combination on Pinterest, you know, and you can hear a pin drop right through this conversation. Yeah. No, no pin intended. But the point being is that 
this this client was seeking validation through what other people had done um, versus the expertise of the person she had hired to actually construct something that was individual for her. So um, Pinterest had put on a bit of a blinder to that to that point, but. I thought it was great. I think if you that's the point of original design and, and original ideas. True. If, and if you really want to go one step further, do your original design, take a picture and then upload it to Pinterest and you'll be the first <laughs> one to have it. Shake up then the you algorithm. You have all these people following you. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be like the sheep. You don't have to follow everybody. Right. Be individual. It's your house. How many times have I said this? It's your house. You're going to live in it. It's your personality. How many, how many guests do you have a week on average, right? I mean, as, as a homeowner, you have to think about that. If you're, if you're designing for your friends and your friends are never there, you know, then, then why do it? Now, if you have a revolving door, then, hey, then you want everyone to be comfortable. And well, that's should, called a business. And they should be paying rent. Yeah. Right, right. Um, or at least bringing something, the drinks over, you know. But, yeah, you should be designing for yourself and not for others. Yeah. If you're going to do a room, say redecorate your living room, are you going to say to yourself, will my friends like this? Should I pick this couch? What should I do? No. You've got to sit in the couch, and if it's comfortable for you, that's the whole purpose with getting that particular couch. Make sure it fits you, it's your taste, it's your budget, and you have the space for it. Right. You know, And that's my, my three things when I'm doing a kitchen. Size, budget, and function. 100%. So, you know, um, especially it, it needs to fit you. It's... Furniture is made to fit people. You know, right. it, it really has to fit your individual. Remember self. Lily Tomlin sitting on that big chair yes. on laughing. Yes. yes. Well, that's a perfect example of not of what not to buy. You know, so it has to fit you. Just like when you go buy a mattress, you, I don't know anybody who buys a mattress and they don't lay on it first. <laughs> sit on the couch or sit on the chair or sit on the stool. Um, if you're going to pick color, see how it looks with your skin tones. If you look terrible with certain colors, obviously don't put them in your room. Right. Don't bring it into your house. And be patient with that, too. Um, talking about the tones, um, you know, you could. There's, there's one extreme, which is to say your home changes color and changes ambiance throughout the year, throughout the time of day. When do you spend most of your time at home? Right, a, a pink color in the morning will look different in the evening. Right. It will look different in the spring versus the autumn. So, be patient and, and put that into consideration whenever you're picking a color that is going to affect your mood every time you're in that room. Good point. Now we talked so much before we started recording. I can't remember if we talked about floral fabrics and wallpapers. I think um, we did have a comment about it. We had a comment right. about everything. But the florals are in, and is it the bigger flowers that are in? The little teeny flowers are gone. The little baby prints. Well, mostly the larger, overscaled, um, and in, in some ways deconstructed florals are very in. Um, in general, with fabrics and wallpapers um, that I see coming out of Europe and uh, from these fabric editors. And, and especially being utilized in, in metropolitan areas, um, the big overscale is, is definitely in. 
um, wallpaper specifically. I mean, Wait, is there a rule how big the flower is or the pattern as compared to the size of your room? No. So you can have a small powder room and you can still use large scale prints? In many ways. I think that myth um, is kind of like the myth of, of painting a small room a dark color. It's just, it's just simply not true. Um, but color has come a long way in what we're using in the interiors too. So I think it's about what the intention of the room is. So if it needs to, to be an impactful room, maybe to you, maybe to your friends, um, going bigger is better in that because it, it, the bigger it becomes, the less it is about being floral and more it is about being a graphic abstract Mm-hmm. pattern. So if you had a big floral on your wall, what kind of, would you go with a solid couch or would you go with a print couch against that wall? Um, no rule, really. Again, it's, it's, it's more about that individual because if you could easily go with a, a very small um, contrasting Just print. like you would when you dress, when you have a dress with two patterns or two prints. Correct. Treat your clothing the same as you would your walls or vice versa. Right. You know, it's it's all about fashion, really, when you think it about is. it. And we talked about accessories in the home being the jewelry of the outfit. Um, how, the colors that you use in your home, is it's dressing your home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, not skimping on comfort, even though we say, well, this is in or this is out. It comes right down to say, a fluffy carpet because you're going to be barefooted on it or you're going to sit on that couch for several hours an evening to watch TV. How, how can you stress the importance of comfort? I, I think it's to remember that at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day, it's about where you're going to rest your bones, right? Yeah. Um, you don't want a, a very loungy dining chair, right? You don't want to be slumped over when you're eating, all right, so a dining chair isn't soft and cushy, but it's comfortable because it's firm, right, and because it's it's structured. True. If you're the type of person that don't likes to sit, don't like to sit on hard wood, then you should get a cushion, but maybe sure. it shouldn't be a lounge chair. Right, and in the same way, if you know, in the living room, um, if your intent for the seating is to have company and have conversation. Again, something that is more structured uh, and tailored, I think, is, is more important. Um, that's following the form. If it's a family room where you're going to be watching TV, of course, something that's more laid back and, and lounge-inspired. Um, but at the end of the day, most of the form is about, again, just like the color, what's your interaction with this piece comes right down to function what's its intent and and then how do you want to feel when whenever you're interacting with it with whether you're looking at it that interaction or when you're sitting on it right and when you go to get up after sitting there two hours it should be easy for you to get up don't sink down into your couch right otherwise just go to sleep there so you're probably up on these things more than i am are you seeing a lot more area rugs in rooms then I'm going to say wall-to-wall carpeting, which was a... Uh, we'll call it broadloom, right? Broadloom? Okay. Yeah, the, the wall-to-wall. Yeah, the wall-to-wall. Um, Carpet versus rug. Well, us being in Arizona, you know, um, broadloom or, or wall-to-wall has always been tough just because of the environment that we're in. Um, there's a, it, We're very dusty, and, and there's a lot of dirt that gets tracked through, and it, that's much harder to maintain. Area rugs are tremendously... Uh, you know, 
above and beyond easier to maintain than than wall to wall. Um, and you have a bit more option with your styling. Uh, where you can, can change the whole look of the room with the rug. Correct. And, you know, Jeff Bridges, back in his old movie, the dude, you know, the, the rug really brings the room together, right? He said that? Yeah, back in uh, The Big Lebowski was the movie. Oh, yeah, I did back see Back in the 90s, that. yeah. So, no, I, I see a lot of area rugs, and depending on, again, talking about materials, um, there's so much... Uh, variance out there in what you can do if you have high traffic if it's commercial um if you want something soft and fluffy if you want something that's both indoor outdoor and it's so easy to change and it's and you can roll it up for the summer and put it in a closet if you want or you can change it by the um, time of the year i'm seeing a lot of um, persian rug runners in contemporary kitchens which i think that's so interesting it, it, it kind of brings it. a little more personality into it, yeah. and it's not so stark. It warms it up. It goes back to what I was mentioning with the farmhouse table and the yeah. acrylic or lucite chairs. Um, it's about contrast and juxtaposition. You know, uh-huh. there, there, there are fundamental um, rules of scale and proportion that uh, will always be correct no matter what design style you're going after, but it's okay to mix it up. Well, that's good to know, and I hope everybody out there made notes or they can always listen to this podcast again because we covered a lot. We did, did, we? A, we did a good job. Is it dinner time? Well, just about. Yeah. But uh, hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. And I just want to say one thing about listening to these podcasts. If you can, go get your app If it's an iPhone or if it's an Android, they both have apps. You can then download it and you can subscribe to Home Design Chat with Nancy. And then you can listen while you're putting your makeup on, while you're uh, driving to the store to buy your fabric or your new couch. So, And you can also tell your friends about it because I don't think there's anything wrong with these podcasts. I think there's so much information that sometimes I'm just um, in awe, aren't you? Yeah, you know, and it's it's one thing um, to to have the spoken word and listening to people. Um, I think is much more intimate, right, than simply looking at pictures. Oh, absolutely. Right. This is the best of both worlds. Um, I don't particularly care for texting; otherwise, I would text you all my questions. But no. by talking about it, it's more fun. I, I like listening to voicemails versus having to read a text. It, you know. I agree. And seeing the little blue bubble, right? So for all you guys out there who enjoyed this podcast, I want to thank you. And don't forget, if you have any questions for Richard, you can always email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And I will certainly pass them on to him. In the meantime, you guys have a great day and see you next time.